Welcome to episode 21 of Oscar Wants a Sausage. I'm your host, Owen Marshall, with my co-host, Matthew Henderson. Good evening. Now, Matt, listen, uh, we've, we've been away for a little while. We haven't really been doing our one episode a week type deal. Uh, why is that? No, we've, we've failed a little bit recently on that, which I'm sure you're going to say is my fault for a change, because it's usually not. Uh, but I've been away and had a lot of work to do. So we've kind of had a mini hiatus. Well, I've been away too. You've been away. We've done some things. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to talk about them over the next hour. And hopefully our listeners will enjoy hearing about it. But uh, I thought that last episode with Mike was pretty special. And we got someone pretty special lined up today, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, I'm just thrilled. I've wanted this guy on for about 19 episodes. He was, was penciled in in my diary for episode two. He couldn't make it for some reason. He was in America making an awful lot of money on a project that we might discuss. Um, and he's back now. He's, he's back right. in our circle. And it's, um, you know, Mike Glennon, amazing. We, know, we don't often get Northerners down on here on the show. And it's a really interesting chance to see how they think, how they live and breathe. And today I think we've got another interesting chance to see how someone else really thinks and how he lives and breathes. And well... Well, today's guest is uh, coming from uh, Croydon. Uh, he's uh, he's half British, half Kenyan. Uh, what else do we know about him? Uh, Some people may know him by his nickname, The Bullet. Uh, he's a big comic book fan. He's a big uh, sort of Jap anime fan. So a sophisticated individual, a bit of an artist bit suave he's uh, known to reinvent his uh, hairstyle regularly uh, and I'd like to point out he's wearing a fucking holster in the studio he's wearing a holster his dress sense is impeccable so like right? he looks he's like a detective he's super suave he's pulled all the stops out today Matt without further ado would you like to introduce our guest for episode 21 of Oscar Wants Sausage Go ladies and gentlemen I give you Morlin Patel. Hello, people. How are you doing, Morlin? I'm doing very well, thank you. Have you been looking forward to being a guest on Oscar Wants Sausage? Since day one, actually. But uh, unfortunately, as usual, schedules collide. Schedules yeah. collide. Yeah. I, I bet you're a busy man, eh? I'm busy and you're busy as well. You're a wanted man around the uh, Croydon neck of the woods. Definitely. And other parts of Clapham as well, which we shouldn't be naming either. But shouldn't yeah, be naming? We shouldn't be naming certain places in Clapham, but yeah. Say no more, say no more. If, you know, if it's too taboo for uh, the podcast, then we will not talk about it. Right, okay. You know, it, it, do you want to just let us know, is there anything that you won't talk about? Is there anything that you can't talk about for legal reasons? Is there anything that you're uncomfortable with? No comment. So there possibly so is. So that doesn't help us out much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if we just plough into that sort of territory and it gets a bit uncomfortable, will you I'll warn us? Hint, I'll give hints, yeah. Just let us know. Let us know. So we might just go steaming in there. And, uh, we'll get a phone call from his agent telling us to shut the fuck so up. So I'm all in your sex life. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. You're called the bullet. Is it true? Is it true you're a bullet? Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah. Owen lied to me. Why? What did I say? I thought you weren't. What are you talking about? Well, do you, do you know the origins of the bullet? Oh, there we go. No, because we, we've got different versions of the bullets. What's your what's the version that you think? What's well, your you see, version of the? It, okay. it, in my school, a bullet meant that uh, 
uh, you'd been circumcised? No. Old school. Right. Well, that's my old school, you know, because I'm a bullet. So, you know, that's that's <laughs> that's where we got it from. But obviously, you're you're known as the Asian bullet in your sort of territory. What 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 what's where's that bullet phrase come from? <laughs> Is it true that short you're into stubby, gun sh- crime? Short and stubby and very energetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the bullet in you know you know those little rapid cartoon se- bullets rapid in section. Yeah, uh, you uh, who uh, you've been framed or who's been framed or whatever who framed Roger Rabbit? That's oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. Morlin was the little tequila Asian bullet one. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but you you got any other nicknames? Oh, uh, I did have the tank at one point. Oh, I was called the tank once. Was you? Yeah, Frank the tank. Because uh, you know the film Old School, and the guy used to just get really shit. I think it was Will Ferrell portrayed him in the film. I never saw to, that film. He used to get really drunk and then get naked, and I had a habit of doing that at uni. So yeah, Will Ferrell's quite funny. I think my uh, my actual manager, the overall manager, looks like a weird European version of Will Ferrell, which is quite uncanny. <laughs> okay, quite scary. So, anyway, we met. How did we meet, Morley? How do you know the uh, presenters today? Just, just tell us a bit about yourself. All right, so me and Owen went to uni together, and somehow fate decided our very first project should be should be bunched together in one group, which was a very, very dynamic group, to say the least. Well, you had you and me in it for a start. Well, so yeah, that, that was just OTT in the first place, but... Um, I was already the dream team. Yeah. That was uh, the rest were even like crazier. It was just how, how many in the group? Must have been five or six. And are you still in contact with any of the other guys? Well, I read Facebook statuses from Daryl Pringle a lot. He was our editor. He, no, he was the director on that first project. He was the director. I don't think he enjoyed the film. He wanted to make a Tony Scott production, and we made a. Uh, Something else. Noirish. Mm. Noirish. So, so what what, noir-ish. what what roles did you guys perform? I, I was the script writer, but I don't think my script was ever filmed. And <laughs> I was the I was the sound recordist as well. Okay. I'm Morlin. <laughs> this is this is very interesting. This uh, this uh, I, I pitched in for the producing, first of all. Which um, at uni level I don't think you class it as producing, it's more production management. But well, they did just said producer anyway. So just make everyone sure everyone's in the right place at the right time. Yeah, exactly. But um, we had someone else vying for that position because they didn't get a directorial position. Oh, he's uh, Ross McKenzie. So on that one, we had two, two co-producers on that one. You lived with Ross McKenzie. McKenzie, yes, we did. Do you still speak to Ross? No. No. Deliberately, or you just just drifted away? Just drifted. They they lived together, and they were quite chummy. And okay, he was very um, weird guy. So there was Ross. He might be listening, so be careful what you say. Well, I'd like to get get back in touch with Ross actually. Ross 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 just scared me because I never met a Scotsman before. Oh, okay. That's what I meant by weird. He 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 could be quite intense. He was Scott and Scott through. Right, but um. Yeah, so there was the Scott. Uh, there was another sort of Tony Scott. <laughs> oh, the big group. fanboy. You yeah, yeah. You, this is fanboy. Who again? I just read statuses on Facebook, so he's still alive. I know that. Um, 
Stuart Pearce. Stuart Pearce. Uh, yeah, so he was... What was his role? And it's Nightmare. <laughs> editor. It was me. Oh, he was the editor. And me, then... Me and him, were, uh, we did it the older... Because it was on 16mm. In the old cutter room, physically cutting a goddamn film up. Oh, right. uh, well, that was one of the only fun bits, I thought. No, it was fun. It was a nightmare because the footage was terrible. But and that's <laughs> what the nightmare. So was. who acted? Who acted in it? Did you uh, all act in it? Or we, did you th- we had a guy. What was his name? Paul Page. Paul Page sounds like a porn star or something. But uh, he was in. He'd done EastEnders and he'd done the Bill. What did he play? What did he play in EastEnders? He was in the late eighties, if I do remember correctly, as like a Turkish thug. Right. Okay. So this is so that didn't completely make miscast. Right. Completely miscast in this movie. <laughs> right. Uh, but he was the only guy that we could basically get to do it through scheduling or something. So we we grabbed this guy on it, and he he, he did his best. Did you pay him? Did he, did he get expenses. Expenses. He was. Okay. He did. He was like a. Off-handed Andy Garcia look. So this 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 was your first project at uni. He was like East period. End Andy Garcia. Yeah, it was East End Andy Garcia. <laughs> that was the first project. Yeah, first project. And uh, probably the only reasons why we stay in touch is because we're 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 um, South London. For you and Paul. No, me and me and Owen. Oh uh, yeah, right, okay. But uh, you missed out something there about um, Paige. That Paul Page guy. What did I miss? Remember that after the film, a couple of months later, he was in a reality TV show or something about being a bus driver. driver. Yeah, being a bus driver. And he basically was driving the bus back to the depot at some point and he tried to pick up and we got a double page spread. I think Stuart's got the newspaper cutting or Daryl's got the newspaper cutting and it was basically... Um, a double-page spread. Oh, it's just schoolboy error. Unprofessional. Completely ruined my flow there, Morlin. You know, on buses, buses, mate. Buses and so he's on the bus, right? He tries to pick up what he thinks is a prostitute, right? (laughs) Right. He sort of honks the horn, oi, oi, how much? All this sort of stuff, yeah. When he gets back to the depot, he finds out that the woman was actually an undercover police officer and got busted. Oh fucking hell! And he was. I mean, and like, he was in your movie. Yeah, he was in our movie. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, it'd be so funny to make another movie with that guy. <laughs> you know, I think we should get in touch with him. Mate, Do you reckon you know, he's still working? Cheer up, Joe, cheer. Oh, yeah, he's seen bits and bods. And I don't know. Some of these people, that's what I love about actors, is um, they're, uh, they love not being on the books. Oh, they love just going indie. Yeah, they just love sort of freelancing yeah. hardcore. He's he's probably doing something with it. He's probably got a part time job or something with it, but yeah. they love to do all that stuff. There is actually sorry to say, um there is a last member of the group of the initial right, yeah, yeah. Cheer Up Joe yeah, yeah, crew yeah. that we got banded together on our first fated project. Which uh, Owen <laughs> Ilian Metiv, who was from Bulgaria. Bulgaria, And he he'd come from the London College of Printing. I think so, yeah. Right. And um he was the director of photography, and he clashed with just about everyone uh, mm-hmm. on everything. And it, I actually thought it was brilliant. And he's the only one I don't know what he's doing now. I'd love to get in touch with that guy. He was funny. And like, you know, 
Everybody found him quite annoying at the time, but I actually thought he was quite cool. I don't know. I, reflection. I've, I've got mixed reactions. I don't know what to make of the guy. Some he was he was like Marmite. Sometimes I loved him. Sometimes I hated him. Right. No, 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 Marmite. You either love it or you hate it, Morlin. He can't be. Yeah, oh, Marmite's definitive, isn't it? That doesn't work. Oh, right, whoops, my mistake. You know what I mean. <laughs> In my moods. And his so, moods. yeah, we did. We, we we finished Cheer Up Joe, okay? And then what happened, Morlin? <laughs> Look, I don't remember. Then, then, I don't know what happened after that. It just fizzled. and died and rotted. No, no, sorry. Um. Then we fizzled and died. Yeah, then, then we... We we were never casted in another group together, but we kept in close contact. Just because basically Owen was one of the few people on the course who didn't actually live where the uni was. Yeah. So the commuting and like he I always saw like he needed help. Or, you know, I felt I felt like You took him under your wing. I took him under my wing. Well, you know, he, he was begging sometimes to help do coursework and stuff. Yeah. So did you live out there then? Yeah, I lived out there. So you used to just basically crash at your house and get pissed with everyone? Well, he didn't do that often either. What oh, the really? fuck? And, um, I wasn't a party animal at uni. No? No, I wasn't. It was you're a social life. You were a workforce. Yeah, exactly. Work, work in the evenings, going to college, three-hour commute in between. Yeah, man. Nightmare. That's a bitch. Didn't learn shit either. <laughs> That's why you had, you had someone in the inside keeping tabs, i.e. me. Yeah. What did I come out with? 2-2? Two, 2-2. Two? Two, two. What did you get? 2-1. See, if I'd stayed there, perhaps I might have... No, but then yeah. having said that, my 2-1 was a shave. Like, a point decimal shave. What? Into 2-1? Yeah. Anyway, so we graduated. That's the important thing. Isn't it? And since then, we've kept in touch. Yep. And... Have we done any projects since then? Have we, yeah, we've done a one or two, haven't we? What, what, what have we done? Well, well we, we had some failed starts, actually. We did... Um, <sighs> Ollie Marshall, Owen's brother, uh, wanted to do like a 9-11 project. Yeah. Which didn't get off the ground. <laughs> Due to whatever, whatever reasons, I can't remember, because they're so annoying. You had some production meetings, though, yeah. Yep. And we tried to do some music videos. And that's when when for, uh, when Aaron got all excited with his new uh, HDV camera, mm. and then we we got into as usual. This is normally happens technical issues, big big technical issues in post production. <laughs> um, and then after that, we got our act together, and then we did that uh, thing for Sony. Pictures trailer. Pictures trailer exactly. And you've worked outside of these on your own projects as well. Yeah. So you've been busy. So you've done a few things. So you, you mm. not only have you collaborated with former classmates, you've also kind of struck it off your own chord. And that's yeah. where I guess where I met you was on pictures as well. Yeah. Which was, um, when was that? A couple what? of years ago now? Well, we must have met, you know, because it's, it's a weird sort of one hookup sort of thing with Owen. I sort of. Phone, what you doing? And then I just well, we could like miss each other for four or five months, or yeah. possibly even a year sometimes. But we always just like yeah. get together somehow. Owen's pretty good at that though. He's you like you you have to do that with quite a lot of people, don't you? You just randomly get a call or randomly text someone and you meet up and that's it. So 
and right. you don't see him for a couple of years. Yeah. It's what I call the Johan factor. Yeah, yeah. It's a Johan. Yeah, pretty much like that. Johan's like that. Except, as well. except there's no phone call, he just sort of turns up. No, he just appears. <laughs> I, I got a text message from my friend um, who lives in Wimbledon. And uh, he doesn't really, I don't know how he knows Johan or really what yeah. the who connection doesn't there know is. Johan? He probably doesn't. But he texts me at nine in the morning, like, um, I got up and I got up and I had his text message on my phone, anyways. And he said, Oh my God, Johan's nearly got into two fights tonight. Talk about pick on the black man. <laughs> that was the text message. And, and that was nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I'm, well, he'd sent me that morning. And I'm like, I'm like scratching my head thinking, How the fuck does this guy even know Johan? I, and, I, and I still to this day don't really know how, how he knew him. He must have perhaps met them when like a. a Thing for me at some point yeah. or a party or something yeah. um and uh yeah i guess he just bu- he just bumped into me in wimbledon they were in the same bar like having a drink or whatever <laughs> he didn't really elaborate on the fight <laughs> thing i was just like okay fair enough but and also someone else like i saw on facebook there was someone's birthday photos up there like uh, like an old someone from school like but right. who we don't really see anymore and then it said Johan Forbes is tagged in this album. Johan Forbes is tagged in this album. <laughs> and it was like, I like clicked on it. Like all these old faces from school just out this out on this night out. And then just Johan's in one, one of these photos. Like he was probably just chapping around, doing his own thing, bumped to this group of guys from school, thought, yeah, I'll go for a drink. We'll hang out for a bit. And then bang, he's on Facebook. It's amazing. He's a, he's, he's a real amazing networker. You know, he just he just pops up in the most sort of unexpected Random of places. places. It's quite funny because... Um, as you were saying, uh, outside collaborations um, on our course, on the film and video course, um, I really didn't, you know, sort of despaired going out with them for some strange reason. Um, they were always, you know, one track mind, always on like sort of very. Your course mates, the, yeah, the course other course mates. Yeah, right, cliquey right. and very self conscious and just didn't really like fizzle out, sort of, you mm. know, just hang loose. And then. I did have some mates on my foundation course who came to uni, and they were on the uh, animation course. Uh, and I really sort of hanged around with them more, yeah, a lot more than I did, but socially, socially, than with the film and video yeah. people. I did notice that. I think that quite often hap- often happens though. You just sometimes like, and I think the problem actually with film, there's, a, there's an element of growing up. There's the 18, the arrogant kind of eighteen-year-old who thinks I'm the best thing, you know, this film industry has ever seen. <laughs> and there's a when they get onto a course and they get together and they're with like-minded individuals, they they quite often band together as if they are the greatest thing since you know. It's funny. We, we remember the first um, sort of lecture thing was like people would say, "So what do you want to be?" And like, "Who wants to be a director?" And you know, literally, virtually everyone put their bloody hands up. Mm. Like, Great. So we're not actually going to make a bloody film then, are we? No, because everyone's going to be directing everyone. Mm. Yeah. But it's often you find that the ones who are kind of a little bit, perhaps a little bit more fringe, mm. um, are almost the most creative because they have that they have a sense of their own status first, which is you know I'm just a student. You know I'm learning this trade. I'm not. Mm. If I was a genius, if, yeah, I, if exactly. I was a master, I wouldn't be here. Learning the trade because there were some key people that everyone sort of you know, didn't really look much upon. But they're the ones I think are doing the most success at the moment. Mm. Uh, Jeet, for example. Yeah. Sound, 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 sound all the way. Um, Lucy Starbuck. Uh, Natalie. Natalie, what was her surname? Was it Natalie St. Ledger, I think, maybe? Yeah. She was like, I don't know, she was almost like the pariah, kind of. 
from I don't know why everyone's you know but brilliant produ- uh, production design value from that girl yeah <coughs> and she's now working away Look, making a name for herself no idea what she's doing but she's, oh, right. she's great she's got like 8,000 friends I think on Facebook <laughs> so, so she must be doing alright she must it? be doing something like that, something silly like that um, there's one or two other James Layton another one good eye for cinematography you know just certain people they've, they've, they've taken uh, uh, Alana Alana she's moved out to LA has she yeah, and mm. this is just my Facebook stalking. That's your Facebook she stalking. She didn't. She didn't message me and go, "Oh, I moved out to LA." Blah blah blah. No, Come join I was, me. I was just looking at her photos on Facebook. I was like, "Oh wow, she's in LA." <laughs> yeah, Alana's. I think she 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 one of the one of the ones that had like an all rounder sort of experience as well. Yes, yeah, she, she obviously seemed like she had her head screwed on. She she she. I think she was one of the girls that actually just got dug straight in and tried to do every role. Mm. And tried every role and yeah. didn't think I'm going to be a director and that. Yeah. But the thing is, like, direct- there were some talented <laughs> individuals. In I'm Oscar, sure, yeah. but they were not. They were not like recognised. They weren't the it crowd either. Yeah, Which was, I was. I was like, what the hell's going on? It crowd at this this stage of the game. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, exactly. I think the, 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 the illusions of grandeur is probably the best way to put it. And uh, you can usually tell those sort of characters out. I could tell. Well, my doing my degree, which is like writing degree. You can see the people who thought they were going to be the next fucking, you know, major novelist, and they had such a kind of inflated what, sense next of what. ranking or something silly like that. Well, whatever you know, who, whoever's your your favourite, you know. But they, they they had such an inflated sense of how good they were and how good their work was. You could see it in the way they read it, you know. And I think a lot of, a lot of being creative, you you sometimes don't have confidence in your work, but. It's often that's the, the stuff you're least confident in often strikes a chord with people the most. Some, it's strange. It's weird how that happens. Yeah, it's so obviously when you when you um, screening your own film and you you think people are going to hit a, a punchline or get this bit or react to that certain bit and they don't. Yeah. And that, like, you know, it's because it's an internal joke. It's like yeah. a private joke, but they don't get it. But they might get something else yeah. that you didn't really think was funny the first time. Exactly. But you know they love it. If I just go back to the um the whole Yahan animation thing, even the people in animation, you Yahan. Yeah, but Johan yeah, wasn't. Johan wasn't in your class. Was he? Was like he was a year above. Was he? He was. He's the year above, and then he had a bit of a bad time, and I think he took a year out. I can't remember okay. why exactly, but he took a year out, and I think that really, if you ask him, he'll say that really sorted him out because he went, got some connections, worked on some sets, and learned a lot. And you only learn really from doing, yeah. and there's exactly. not a lot of doing. Or, or on the course, on the course that oh. we were on, you know, that's uh, that's a weird thing. Gone, and um, so when he came back, he was in our year, and, right, um, right. Uh, by the time I got there, like you know, I would try and see Johan, and I just remember walking around Farnham with him, and um, you know, you couldn't speak to him because. Everywhere he went, he was always bumping into someone, and someone would be like, "Oh, yeah, and you come to this party tonight." And you're trying to have a conversation with him, and he's like, "Yeah, hold on a sec." And of course, uh, Yoan living in Farnham was the scene of one of your. Oh, I should put that on very first first films. I'll have to ask him. Just, just bank that for two seconds. That's a brilliant idea. That about Yoan. I've just got banked that for two seconds. Um, Just going back to the um, the Yoan. When he came, when before I didn't even know Johan, uh, and 
Owen would just talk for a whole year in the first year about Johan, 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 right, yeah. Johan. Um, but the way I imagined Johan in my head, it was a bit racial, okay, maybe it's my, um, my way of thinking. I always pictured him as white with a name like Johan. All right, like, so yeah, imagine, okay. yeah, imagine my surprise when I actually f- met him. Like Johan spelled with a J, like the Dutch, Dutch or Johan Cruyff is obviously... Um, exactly. Or Johan Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Famous white Johan. So Johan turned out to be black, and I was yeah. like... Whoa! <laughs> Check your internal monologue here, boy. Yeah, it was amazing actually. Like the the you, you hear a name and you, the assumptions you do make on that, you know, it's it's interesting. Mm. Yeah, and and also in that first year and a half, Owen used to talk about this person called Baker the Mark. Yeah, of right. Yeah, he's a regular on the show. Big the show. comic geek, and I was like loving this guy, and I assumed he was black. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I think he'd love that. I think yeah, he'd love that. Yeah. But I remember I, I must have talked about Baker so much that by the time he... He, he used to talk like he'd met him before yeah. he met him. <laughs> yeah, that was the best kind of relationship going, actually. It was like I kind of knew him before I met him. Yeah. <laughs> that was a funny experience, bringing those two minds together. Which is, is a separate podcast in itself, really. It's, it's called The Baker and Bullet Tapes. The Baker and Bullet Tapes. <laughs> we'll have to put that one together. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll do a sideshow. We'll do a little um, a spin-off. Spin-off, yeah. We'll do a spin-off series. Let's let's come forward to now. We, we I think we've talked enough about w- our sort of background together and that. And mm-hmm. um, what what what's your current? You're currently working at IKEA, right? Rewrite, re- rewind that. Are we not allowed to talk about? We that? said we wouldn't say where we work. Well, no one agreed that with me. I asked him if there was that's anything. That's right, fine, mate. Don't worry about it. Uh-uh. We won't talk about your workplace, but I was just saying, like, that's what you do for a living, right? Yeah. What What is driving you elsewhere? What projects are you have you got going that you know? Uh, yeah. See, the thing is, what I found is, is um, I mean, I'd love to do more sort of film, videography stuff, but I mean, it's very, very hard, and then. I only find it uh, possible when I'm uh, conversing with you and we actually get things sort of going on that side. Whereas my side, I tried a bit and it, it fizzled. And then because uh, I was more linked with a certain friend of mine, John Inch, um, uh, we started looking at other areas. Because he was mainly animation, uh, I was mainly film. But we did have a love for other things But you, you guys have put together a website. And you've got a show reel. Mm-hmm. So what what's, what's the website? Whatalliance.co.uk. Sorry? Whatalliance.co.uk. What? Alliance.co.uk. .co.uk. Yeah. And that's got both of your show reels on there. Yeah. I mean, I looked at that. That's pretty good Good work there. Mm. That's a start, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just need to push that out there and get networking. Mm, exactly. But then we think it's just time management and the whole film thing. Um, I don't know. We when we want to get back into it, but at when the you say time management, are you talking about your free time? His free time. His free right. time. Getting to everyone. Well, getting external people on board to do these things. Basically, how how much work have you produced, sort of film wise, uh, since you left university? Uh, I would say one or two film projects per year. Well, that we graduated in. 
four years worth, basically, assuming that this year is a whole year. Mm. Well, that's not bad going. Mm. Well, I mean, two's a Considering you, one you work full yeah. time, you know, mm. I mean, it's not easy, is it? No, it's not easy, mate. That's one of our uh, catchphrases that we always mate. end up saying at the end of each show. The, um, well, at the moment, what we've sort of we've digressed into um, looking more sort of at artwork. Um, we've got quite. It's um, not until we talk to someone about what we were doing. Like you're saying that you've got a sort of really good sort of marketing branding thing going on, because um, uh, I've I've designed a logo for the website, and that's going to be sort of our sort of main key sort of signature. Mm-hmm. Um, piece going on. Um, we're looking at uh, maybe some comic strips. You've written a comic book. I've written one. One's one's in the bag at the moment. I just need some lovely artists. Anyone out there want to draw a yeah. very nice? Well, this is your this is your moment to oh sort right. of push that out there. Okay, it's called. Uh, what's what's the sort of pitch? Give us a little sort of taster. Okay, it's we're looking at um, it's a British gangster spoof. With a mythical twist, like a lock stock meets, I don't know, Lord Merlin. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, the mythical twist is so minuscule but so overpowering at the same time. It's quite hard to pin. How to say? It. Think more like Miller's Crossing, but in right. like a sort of set in Brighton sort of thing going right, on. Right, right, okay. Okay, what, what's what's that called? It's what's called the? Serrano's Overture. Okay. Yeah. Oh, did you bring that into a, stri- a script writing class at some point? Uh, in a certain form, yes. Yeah. That put like a couple of scenes yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay, but you'd like to produce it as a comic. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I read the treatment for that, didn't I? Yeah, you've sort read the back. treatment for that as well. Yeah. Is, is there a, what I mean? What's the number one dream project for you? If you could do anything, you know, creative in your life, what what would be the number one thing that you'd love to produce? Something with Marvel, Marvel Comics. I'm not going to name what it is because it's a corker and it probably would break box office records if it ever got done. Oh, as a movie? As a movie. As a movie. A yeah. trilogy, in fact. And what about original work? Would it be this? This, well, well th- this, is, this is a first step. This is not the ultimate goal. I mean... Because you, you had a couple of writing projects. Yeah, there was... Yeah, at uni, did. didn't you? Yeah. They, um, they've all sort of gone to the wayside and I've got um, other ideas at the time there's you know there's a bounds of other stuff but uh, into what format now really I'm looking at sort of because it doesn't necessarily have to be a film or video you know, as I see it could be like mm. a comic now um, you've seen a, a sample the other day of what could be achieved um, so I'm just, I'm just thinking, if I've got this idea, if I spin it, what's the end result? What's the end format going to be? So you're, currently you're on holiday. Mm-hmm. You're, you're off until the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So it's now, what is that, nearly three weeks, is it? Three weeks, yeah. Three weeks. And you're keeping busy in that period. You've taken a holiday for a specific reason, or is, that, is it just uh, time? Well, off? no, I wanted to take holiday earlier, um, in April, May, with, the, with a mate, but I couldn't get it booked off. We were gonna go to um, the states together. He he's actually his uh, his family and his uncle they actually own a villa in Florida. Oh, okay. So we were just gonna go there for a week and just chill out. Yeah. So have you got any projects? Like, are you going to Florida this holiday then? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, I've everything's sort of booked for this week. 
Um, obviously, I've got Yoan's uh, um, screening to come to on the 14th Friday. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's time dependent now. You've just mentioned that. <laughs> I I in the email earlier on today, I said to Matt, uh, we could potentially plug Yoan's screening right. on right. Friday the 14th. 14th of August, August. 2009. Now <laughs> at the South Bank Centre. Now oh, that no. means I've, I've just got put a BFI. Time is that BFI, on you? isn't it? It's a, it's well, it's a, um, it's near the BFI. It's actually m- nearer the. Is it the National Theatre? National Theatre. Oh, okay, right. It, there's there's like a big uh, building there, sort of above um, some sort of, I think it's a multi-storey car park there. And basically they've got a big blank wall where they project the film on. Oh. If it's where I thought it was last it's time. On the south, it's, it's on the stores. South Bank though, isn't it? It's in between South Bank Centre and the BFI, the yeah. National Theatre. National Film Theatre, that, that little stretch there, yeah. All right, we're doing a really good job of uh, plugging that one. Yeah, yeah, one big up, please. So, so it means you get your work out tonight, does it? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, no, 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 I mean, I want to watch Action Force tonight, so I'm going to have to get it out tomorrow, which means uh, hopefully I'll have this episode out on Thursday the 13th, and if you're listening, on Friday the 14th at 10 o'clock at the National Theatre Fly Tower... Okay, they're going to be showing a bunch of films, including our good friend Johan Forbes' film, Project One, which is a really great little short um, about London and skating and architecture and all sorts of good shit. Plus, they're showing a classic film that we were shown at my university as part of our course called um, We Are the Lambeth Boys, which is a... um, Documentary from the 60s? 58, I think. Late 50s, early 60s, whatever. uh, About Lambeth and this youth club there. And all these sort of young kids back in the late 50s, Mm. you know, just hanging out. And it is just priceless, Matt. I mean, you've got to watch this film because it's just... It's so... I was so fascinated by um, sort of people's accents and stuff like that yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and like how the you know the cockney sort of dying out but this is a record of how people were mm. and like you know sort of lambeth that borough might be probably a large majority black now yeah yeah, yeah probably and, yeah. and then it was just all white people wasn't it i don't think there was any black people there no, I think it was one or two. And it's just amazing how that sort of, how an area would change completely. Yeah. And because London is so multicultural, um, which is fantastic, but at the same time, you know, this this type of uh, uh, British, white, uh, Cockneys don't class. exist anymore. I think the only place they exist, actually, is sort of your way out towards Croydon, um, there or Mitcham sort of way. Th- there is, is the only. There is. There's, there's a nice little section. There you're right. They're right. They're, you're right about that. Um, even towards more sort of Pearly Coulson area, we're going to have that 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 kind of setup. And uh, one of one of the ideas that uh, a friend of mine, you know, Gabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's been on. Uh, we, we discussed the possibility of just doing interviews for sort of almost for prosperity. That word, yeah, prosperity, prosperity, Pro- prosperity yeah. for for nostalgia. Sort yeah, of. yeah, 
uh, with people in that area just as a record of how people used to speak because sooner or later that that sort of dialogue is going to die out you know that's that's what i would say one of britain's sort of most endangered sort of uh cultural identities right along with uh, jelly deals as well <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> who has jelly deals been? but jelly deals they're all that's all quite big in the east end isn't it because I know you've got a friend from like grew yeah, up in Bromley Way, and she she like grew up li- like eating jelly deals and stuff. Yeah, but the thing is, it's 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 really hard to have that because it's not like there's not like a chain sort of thing going on, independently run, and sometimes those people really get a tough time. And like in Croydon, mm. um, we had one been there for donkeys. I just don't think they and now they've, are they've gone and any good fish and chip shops anymore. You know what? It's yeah. very true. Yeah, very true. apart from coastal, you get some quite good ones coastal. All right. I tried to get good fish and chips in Brighton. It was impossible. Yeah, but then Brighton's become a kind yeah, of... Yeah. She went to a coastal town, like a little village or a little yeah. town on the coast, which was not a holiday place, not not a kind of tourist attraction. You probably would still find good fish and chips. Yeah, but look how far we have to go. I, was like, I used to go go up my house, two-minute walk, and that was my chippy. Now mm. I've got a 15-minute, 20-minute walk. And what sort of chippy is it? Is it a run by local or is it because a lot of Chinese it's um, Chinese but it's just purely just it is just old school it's just fish and chips yeah. um tabloids that stuff they don't do it's not half fish and chip half Chinese yeah would you uh, would you describe yourself as a pioneer of the palate a uh, connoisseur of the uh, cuisine <laughs> I can't remember any of the other ones that's, that's a Tom Tom Waits lyric Oh yeah. Uh, uh, are you are you a food connoisseur? Uh, Where's good to eat in Croydon? Nowhere. If you could plug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you could plug anywhere, any local eateries around your way, where where would it be? Not necessarily in Croydon, then. I don't. I don't really, really struggling to think of anything decent that I would go to eat at. I I was having this conversation at work the other day. I can't remember the last time I had a good meal out. Because the problem is now, if I go out anywhere, it doesn't matter. It's a um, something happens. Because the last, the last, the last couple of times I've been out properly is like a bunch of mates, and because it's keeping it real in the hood, in Croydon, on the uh, the old lingo, is a um, it's going to be like a bunch of us. We're talking like eight plus. Now, whenever you go anywhere, eight plus. Um, there's bound to be some cock up with yeah service right, and the when service the just goes uh, just goes down down the tube. I don't know why. Service just goes as soon as they see like eight plus people, they like start like going scatterbrains in their head. Well, I was thinking, I can't remember last time I had, I'd had service where there was not a single hiccup, you know. And I don't think that's too much to ask to just. Be able to go to a restaurant, get a meal, and there'd be no problem, no sort of issue, right? But I would say it happens pretty much every time I go out, right, for a meal. And I don't know if it's just because when I was a kid, my parents were dealing with all that, so I just wasn't paying any attention to it. Or, Or service has just gone completely down the pan in this country. Well, I think the problem I, the problem I find is that I don't actually eat in restaurants. If I eat out, it's usually in a pub. Right. Very rarely I actually just go to a restaurant. Pub and grubbers died. 
But even if I Pub go... Pub Grub is dead. Yeah, there was no, like, you know, it's just standard. It's the same menu everywhere you go, isn't it? But uh, even if I go to a restaurant, it's unusual that it's going to be anywhere kind of above the sort of Pizza Express type of level. So what you're talking, what, 10, maybe 12 quid a dish? It's not, you know, so it's not really service. I don't, I don't expect service in a pub, in a way. Mm. I don't expect it to be good because it's just a barmaid or you a barman do- right? dealing plates out. I I'm, a, I'm a bit sort of, well, of the opinion that service for me is, is a very American sort of, to, to want good service is American, is an American attitude. Over here, I'm just like, well, I don't, I, I just but expect the thing is, I don't think people are very shocked by bad service. Do you know what I mean? They kind of just like accept it. Yeah, because I, I, I just think, well, look, they're just giving me my food. That's what I care about. Do you know what I, mean? I don't want them to come over and start badgering me. I don't like being, you know. Well, no, no, it's not that. It's I'm just not talking about things. I'm just talking about, yeah, just, just like oh, how come meals you, out of the same Yeah, but, the, time, but then the, the level know. of restaurant you're going, that I go to, the <laughs> people they might pretend they're going to employ to run that restaurant, run the service, I wouldn't expect good service from anyway. If I went to a posh restaurant You that, wouldn't expect it. Now, no, you I just brought be- up the States. In the States, you just get good service everywhere. Yeah, but that's because they make all their money on the tips. Over here, they get paid. The minimum wage is high enough that they don't actually have to rely on their service tips to make a living. It doesn't In mis- America, yeah, it doesn't they mean care. You have to have, give bad service, though. Yeah, but you I get- mean, if you, you get your food, there's four of you. They come out. One's late. Um, out of the, uh, the, the cutlery, your knife and forks and your serviette. One of them doesn't have a fork in it. I mean... Mm. Come on. But it's not just restaurants. And then, and, but then you feel guilty looking and saying, can I have blood fork? Yeah. But like, you, it's, just, it's just a general attitude in retail in this country. Because if you go to any, um, buy any shop, go to queue up at a till, you, you're always going to get treated shitly. And that's just the way, it's because people in the retail jobs don't give a fuck because they're just doing it because they want the money. They've got something else going on. It's very rare. You don't get professional people in that type of position. I went. I needed to buy like a th- um, like an ankle support from Boots, and it was costing fifteen quid. And I bought like a drink and some, you know, prasi or something else with it at the same time. And I went up to the till, queued up, got to the front of the till. It's lunchtime in Charing Cross. It's quite busy, and the guy behind the serving was just chatting to his mate on the next till the whole time. Didn't even fucking acknowledge me. Didn't even say anything. Just took the items I picked up and scanned them through, put them in a bag. He didn't charge me for the ankle support. He didn't, he didn't scan it through. I don't know what he did. Whatever. It came up as £2.30. I thought, I'm not going to fucking say anything. I'm pretty much an honest guy. Like, if anyone, if I could notice that, I would say, hang on a minute, you haven't charged me for that, whatever. He couldn't give a shit that I was even there. If I was <laughs> doing, he was picking up an item, putting it somewhere else, and charging me money. So I thought, well, fuck it. I'm going to walk out of this store. It's his mistake. Yeah, but I don't think that's the same scenario. Should you really be admitting that on a podcast? What are they going? What are Boots going to do? It's their own fault. <laughs> they, sh- they should employ like more fucking yeah, attentive no, staff. I, I, I don't. I don't class that experience as the experience you'll get in. No, but what what I'm saying is that in a restaurant, you know, you have these waiters, waiters and waitressing who they don't actually care about the food you're getting. They don't actually care about the experience you're having. What they're doing is getting paid for that hour of work, and in that hour of work, they're expected to put a plate on a table, and that's what they're doing. If they make a mistake, you complain. You go back. I, you know, they sell me something wrong in boots. I go back and complain. They correct it. They're not. They're not wanting to n- prevent the mistake from happening. They're just prepared to correct it after it's happened. 
Yeah. Well, I'll go halfway on you on that one. The other half is like the consumer's going to be an idiot as well. The other half is what? The other half is the consumer's going to be an idiot. Oh right. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. There's a, there's a, there's an element of like, well, you know. No, trust th- me. I, do I, I do, know, do I, know, I just I know, I know. do it? You know, is it complaining for complaining's sake, or do I actually have a? But I think we as as a nation, we're not particularly confrontational. You know, we don't want to kind of. Yeah. I don't want to upset anyone else's day. I'm quite happy to say, that's well, all that PC you know what? stuff. Forget I really hate that yeah. PC stuff. It really does my head in. Well, yeah, okay, but then, you know, you work in retail. Sometimes they're they're right, but the customer might be right. But the way they go about it, the way you can all constraint tells you, saying, "Well, fuck off." You know what I mean? Yeah, and then and then and then it's that's what I mean halfway, I and mean, then you wonder why you get crap service. Yeah. But I mean, you know, my experience is if consumer comes and asks for a service in a polite manner, they're generally going to get something back the way they dished out. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. And but then you've got the person you've gone to just really having a bad day. Yeah. But then, it, then the establishments which pride themselves on providing good service are the ones that get re- customers returning to them. And it's not until they go back and have a bad experience they then seek a new place because people are quite loyal and people will say I like that restaurant it's good mm. food it's a good price I get treated well why go somewhere else that's going to be a risk if I can go there again and have that same experience they go back there and have a shit time next time they're going to think twice and they're going to say well actually you know let's try the one around the corner but yeah. there's certain sort of service providers I, I can't think of an example right now but so, some in some experiences you get crap service because a business knows that they're the only one that provides that specific type of service. Yeah, and then of they course, yeah. That always just goes down the path. They've called on the market, well, they so they that. don't give they a shit. That. You know, yeah. you have to Absolutely. pay. It's an ego trip for them. You want it, you've got to pay for it, and they're going to give it to you the way they give it to you. Terrible. Mm. I, I hate when, uh, I you know, I hate that sort of upselling, sort of in-your-face salesman. But what I hate even more is when... I actually want to buy a product and you go up to a salesman for advice and they're just not interested in serving you. It's just like, I actually want some attention now and mm. they're just like, yeah, they're on the shelf. You're forever being asked, are you okay? Do you want any help? And then as soon as you want it, it's not there. That's just like fucking mad to me. Mm. You know? Tell me, I mean, I'm willing to buy something. You know, you, this is your job, right? I'm giving you an opportunity to do your job now and they're just not interested. But then you look at the shops like um, like Gap, who pay their staff uh, additional bonuses or whatever based upon their, you know, service record. Gap, that's crap, man. You walk into Gap, you're always asked if you need any help, almost to the point of it being annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get to the till. Has anyone helped you? Who was it? You know, because they're making notes Rewards and game. they want so that they're encouraging their staff by financial reward, monetary reward, to be attentive. And provide a thing. No, I don't. I don't it, it annoys me, if, but I don't mind it because if ask me once and I say no, just leave me alone. It's the it's repetitive badgering that gets drives me mad. I've got no okay. objection to the fact that if, if I want to buy, you know, a pair of jeans, they have my size, and someone has to run up to the stock room and pick it up and bring it for me, and it's fine, and I buy it. Then why shouldn't they be, you know, potentially given some sort of financial reward? It doesn't affect me. I pay the same price for the product, and they've helped me out. I don't think that's a problem. It's when you go in and you just keep getting badgered that I that pisses me off. Do you know what's opening up in Wimbledon Centre Court? Abercrombie and Fitch. Fucking Apple Store. 
fucking hate <laughs> Apple stores. But you fucking, fucking love Apple ha- stores. I fucking hate them. Uh, and you? I hate everybody who works there. There you go. If anybody's listening now and they work in an Apple store, I want you to get your trendy little tag and fucking hang yourself with Joe, it. Do you know, Jen, <laughs> Jen bought me an iPod. Um, I don't mean that. As an iPod. Docking uh, station? Nano. Nano. Nano? For my birthday yeah, this year. Yeah. And uh, she went to Apple in Kingston, and the, the, the Nano 16 gig is I don't know, like 150 quid or something, which is a fair amount of money, fair chunk of cash. Yeah. And so, being credit crunch times, she kind of said to them as she was paying, you know, is there any kind of deals going on at the moment? Can I get any kind of extras, like a case or some better headphones and stuff? They said, no, sorry, there's no deals at the moment. And she was like, okay, well, you know, can I get a, is there any, what sort of cases have you got? They said, well, we've got this one, it's 20 quid. And she was like, well, 20 quid, that's a bit dear, isn't it? The Apple store, the guy who worked in the Apple store goes, well, if this is too expensive, love, you just go down to the market and get one. Three quid. Brilliant. And, she was, and she was like, experience. and she was like, hang on a minute, I'm spending 150 quid. Was that quid Kingston? Yeah. I you had the same experience. Didn't even, not, not, not like a fucking 10% discount, no, absolutely nothing. And she could have gone to John Lewis and bought the same fucking product and probably, you know, at least in John Lewis, I think they, they might have said, well, I've been a bit nicer about it. You know, yeah. just the, oh, you could just go down the market, love. It's like, what? Get, What's wrong with that? Out, What's wrong with that? Well, no, but she knew she could go down the fucking market and get a bloody um, case. The fact that she's trying to get a nice one for me for my birthday and it's she was going to get an official Apple one or whatever, I'm and just their attitude. Just, it's just like, well, you're no, you're into the old branding crap again. But then they, you want a hookup for Apple? I've got a hookup for Apple if you want. You got problems with your um, thing? Doing deals. You want to plug them? So, you know. No, you no, 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 no. This is, uh, oh, you know, oh, this off is the a record, off the record sort of deal. No, no, no. I mean, as in, like, repair wise and stuff. But like I, I, that. I oh, guess right, that's okay. what you're talking about, Owen, in the sense that, you know, Apple still know that if you want an iPod, you're going to buy a fucking Apple iPod. There's not, you know, unless you're prepared to go for a rival MP3 brand, you know, you're buying and that's it. They've got your money. You want a 16 gig, you know, nano? Where are you going to get it from? Either Apple Store or buy it online or whatever. Listen, we're running out of time, guys. Why are we running out of time? Because Joe's an hour. You oh, know, you've okay. been waffling on. Well, have you been crap. waffling on? Really? Jeez. Yeah, fucking hell. Anyway, listen, one. listen. Uh, I don't know if this is really going to work very well, but what we need to do, because it's pictures that I have on my screen here, Matt, mm. we're going to play a little game. You're going to describe what you're seeing on the screen. And okay. then we'll, what we'll do is we'll put it up on the website. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, so yeah, we'll do that, yeah. Okay, so just describe what you're seeing. Uh, hold on. Okay, so I'll scroll down. Yeah. What are you seeing there? A red hoodie. Right, okay. Anything? There's distinct l- like a logo it? on it. There's like a, like a little logo, logo on the left side, and I can't see it from here. Eyesight, eyesight might be a problem there. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, and then there's like a picture on the other side. Okay, now there's a zoom up of the logo and it says Street Fighter on it. Uh, and then there's a zoom up of the picture on the left, which uh, looks like two what, what two characters. Seeing? What is he seeing, Morley? He's now seen a uh, Ryu and Sagat face off. Okay. Right. So this is like a customized hoodie or something, is it? Right. Okay. Just keep describing. Okay. What you're now seeing. there's a there's a, also a. Street Fighter logo on the sleeve. Uh, there's a big logo on the back of uh, Sagat. Um, both sleeves have them. And now I'm seeing someone wearing the hoodie. Oh, your eyesight is terrible. Who's that? Who's the model? 
Oh, I thought that was you, Morlin. No, no. That's um, that's one. senior. That's senior. That is Papa Bullet. Papa Bullet. <laughs> Modeling the street fighter. Right. Okay. So right. this is a this is a Morlin home custom, is it? Just just come over here a second. All, all right. right. Hang ignore, on. Ignore the microphone. Right. Come and take a look at this model. All right. Can you see it now? Are you in focus? Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then. There it is. Just is this not awesome? This is this Morlin modeling a Street Fighter hoodie, right? Okay, tell us your feelings on those photos. That's amazing. He, he looks like the Prince of Darkness in that. Right. Okay. Oh, he's just punching the screen. That's a great. That's a great kung fu pose. Yeah. Basically, Oscar wants the sausage fans. You're gonna have to get on the website, and we'll post them up. And you're in for a treat. So, so what's the deal, Morlin? You, you just customise this at home? Oh, that's what I was saying. Like, what format do you want the end result in? I might be going for a bit of a... Uh, a bit of, clo bit of a clothing a bit line. clothing as oh, well, right. yeah. Okay, so th is this is this a one-off or is it a... That's a one-off limited edition. So, what was that retailing at? What was that retailing at? What is it retailing at? It's not retailing at anything because you can't get it. It's, well, people it's, it's would priceless. Die. It's priceless. People would die it. I had it um, custom made for um, the Battle of Destiny uh, Street Fighter convention thing going on last year when yeah. they brought the Street Fighter 4 booths for the first time into the UK yeah. for the public to play. And you wore it to that, did you? I wore it to that. And and did you get a good reaction? From the Street Fighter guys, it was good. From the Tekken guys, they were scared shitless. So they thought this guy's a bit of a Street Fighter nut. Um, when you went there, because there was a couple of tournaments going, there was this Tekken, the Soul Calibur, the Street Fighter. The Street Fighter fans were like rogues, like yeah. that one or two in every 50. The Tekkens huddled together, lugging their arcade sticks together in a pack of four or five. Yeah. But whenever they saw me, as John, John actually, John Inch, you know, walked behind me, and was just checking the fan reaction, checking the yeah, reaction. Yeah. And some of the looks was like, astonishing. Do you have any plans to put them, put them out? Maybe get yourself an online store or something like that? There will be an online store coming soon. We won't be hitting, per se, the Street Fighter, obviously for licensing reasons, but there will be other specific artwork going up. That Wait, is that going to be on your main website that you've got now? Or? That will be, uh, that will be yeah, coming soon as a, like a custom sort of, this, this is what we, it's possible sort of thing. Right, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm I'm excited about that because I think the designs are cool, and I particularly like. I hope that you're going to be modelling on the website More, because right. I think that'll. You know, Perhaps you could do some sort of personalised briefs or something. You know, get yeah. I was on. thinking about it. As, I mean, we were going to hit up some Oscar wants a sausage uh, oh, t-shirts and stuff. That, that'd be amazing. We, we yeah, he knows a guy who can do it. We right? actually do need some t-shirts. We talked about it before. Actually, getting some proper. There will uh, be some free preview. We wear them like I'm doing a half marathon in. Next month, stick on the Moscow wants a sausage sticker, man. How much that's free advertising? All yeah. those runners are going to see that. I think, what the fuck, sausage wants sausage? Let when I get home, tap it in. Spread the word. Are you going to bring Oscar wants sausage to Croydon? That's quite difficult, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but difficult because but you don't bullet. think it'll fly over there, or you don't you don't want to expose yourself, or you don't want to expose us, or. Look, are you going to tell your friends about us? Yeah, I'm my friends, but my friends aren't in Croydon, mate. All right, okay. You so see. connections around around the globe. All right. Okay. Yeah. Did did you enjoy 
your Oscar Wilde sausage experience? Uh, it was good. Unfortunately, as usual, it's not enough time. Yeah, well, uh, times you know. You'll have to come back on again. Will you um, come on again? Oh well, yeah, numerous times. <laughs> time yeah. is precious. Uh, so. And anyway, GI Joe starts in thirty minutes. Or yeah, something. I know we've got to get oh, a blimey. get a regal on. Uh, I normally then offer up the microphone. Well, Matt, have you had fun? I've had a great time. I'm delighted Morlin's been able to make it on, and uh, I think it's been a really special show. And I think it's been a good mix of in, in intelligent conversation. It's been eclectic and dialogue. For uh, a change. And, uh, and <laughs> intelligent conversation for a change. And, you know, some of the funnier sides of uh, our lives. Yeah. Cool. A belter. Well, I've had a great time. Yeah. So what we do, we open up the show to our guests and you do the closer. So basically, episode 21 of Oscar Wilde's Sausage. And then whatever you want to say, good night, goodbye. God right. bless. This is the Asian This bullet. is your time to freestyle. Yeah. This is your moment. Give us a sign off. Signing off, Asian Bullet for Oscar Wants Co. dot com. Co. dot uk. is it? I don't know actually. I can't remember. No, we had dot com, but there's oh, nothing on the website. It's just a link to the blog and stuff. Yeah, That's just don't worry about it. Oscar wants a sausage. Stick it in. There's nothing else of that name in the world. So I miss Oscar. Actually, there is. There's Oscar the Sausage Dog on YouTube, but. <laughs> Ignore that. <laughs> Oscar, we love you. R.I.P. Follow me.